to someone as they listen and encourage you. I want to go to Genesis chapter 41 today, and uh, we'll pick up in verse 51. It is the story uh, prior to this. It is the story of Joseph and the toil that he has gone through, the hardship that his family has put him through. And some of the most difficult things in our life sometimes is family related. Amen. Family difficulty. It's, um, and Joseph, his, you know the story, but Joseph has a dream. He's a dreamer. He's young, and a lot of people probably didn't put a lot of stock in his dreams at that time. And uh, he is dreaming, and he uh, has this dream, and he tells it to his brothers. You know, sometimes other people aren't ready for your dreams. They don't believe in them. They don't think that because it's too grandiose for them, they think it's, it, you, surely you can't do it. And uh, that's the reality of his uh, this dreaming that he has. And then he has yet another greater dream. And this time his mother and his father and all of the family is bowing down to him. And out of, I don't know, I would say ignorance, he tells them that too. And they are already hating him. And it says that he, they hated him even the more, right? And then he uh, goes and they tried to kill him. And they tried, they put him into uh, a pit. They sell him into slavery. And he goes through all of these things. He goes to Potiphar's house and he uh, is there and uh, has success. And then Miss Potiphar gets eyes for him and chases him down. And all of these things take place uh, there in his life. And uh, he's back on the other side of all of this now. He is past all of that. And uh, we pick up the story in uh, verse 51. After Joseph has gone through all that he's gone through, he has been in the pit, he has been to the prison, he has been to the palace, and, uh, and then he has lied on, he's, he's uh, forgotten about all of these things. And then we read here in Genesis 41 in verse 51, Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all the toil that at my father's house. In verse 52, and the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Amen. Manasseh here means to forget the toil and the trouble that I've been through. Ephraim means double fruitfulness. And many times the doubt of that your past has created will cause you to have a negative momentum in your life even when you are set up for success you feel like that you are not worthy to be successful. And whenever that happens, then you knowingly or even unknowingly sabotage the things that God has set you up to enjoy, the things that you are set before you, and because your mind and in your own heart, you feel as though that you're unworthy 
You feel as though that, that you're undeserving. You feel as though, and you're thinking about your past. It, it causes you to sabotage what God places in your life to be a blessing. And you don't feel like that you are allowed to be successful. And when you have positive momentum, you don't need someone to tell you that it's okay to be you. I don't need your permission to dream my dream. I don't need permission or approval uh, to, to be what God has called me to be or to do what God has called me to be because my momentum is not coming from what has happened around me. My momentum is coming from what I'm saying on the inside. Right? How many times in the scripture do we say that, that she said in her own heart? Right? Or they thought, they, they had a thought and it was in their heart or their thought process. Momentum is a strange thing because you can be down on the scoreboard and it says that you're losing, but get momentum on your side. And even though the, the scoreboard says you're losing, there's something shifts on the inside that says I'm a winner. Right? I, I, I can do this. We can overcome this obstacle. We can overcome this situation. And so I just need to tell someone today that it's not what's happening to you that's keeping you down. It is what you're saying to yourself that is keeping you 500 pounds, 600, whatever, and they're, you know, they've just lost control out of everything. And during this process, they, they lose, you know, 300 pounds and and then they interview them after they're slim, they're trim, they're, they're, they're where they need to be and the weight and, and all of that. And, and their mind tells them they're still fat. Right? People get it in their mind, they're ugly. ugly and, they, and they start cutting themselves. It's true. A beauty queen won the beauty pageant and took her own life thinking that she's ugly not beauty not beauty more beautiful enough it's not about what's going on around me or around you it's not even what other people are saying to us it's what we are saying to ourselves. When Joseph gets where he is going, the Lord gives him two sons, and the first one he names Manasseh. For God has caused me to forget the toil of my father's house. God has been so good to me that he has caused me to forget all of my pain. Wow, isn't that awesome? That God can so bless you and so overwhelm you with his goodness, his grace, his mercy until you forget the toil. I, now, think about this. I, I wanted to reiterate what Joseph went through and I didn't take a long time to do it. But just remember that Joseph didn't just have a bad day. 
Joseph didn't just wake up for a two or three weeks on a row having trouble. Joseph had trouble all of his life. His brothers hated him. They, they wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to kill him. It was everywhere he turned. He, was, he had the favor upon him, but trouble attracted, uh, or favor attracted trouble, right? And so everywhere he turned, he had favor, but he also had trouble. I want to say to you today that if you want the favor, you've got to contend with the trouble because some people are going to be haters. They hate you because they ain't you. That's good English, isn't it? They hate you because they ain't you. They don't, they don't know what to do because whenever they see you achieve, when they see you accomplish, suddenly you take their excuses away for them not doing all and being all that God calls them to be and do. And so it's hard to move forward when you are hanging on to yesterday's pain. It's hard to move forward when your mind and your emotions are stuck in what used to go on and what used to be. You're stuck in your childhood and you can't fix it. You're stuck in a relationship that is not even no longer your end, but yet your mind is stuck there. You're stuck in an offense that happened, but you can't change it. You, you're stuck in that, that where people have done you wrong and they left your life, but the problem is they've never left your mind. And sooner or later, you've got to forget. Amen. You've got to forget. You've got to forget the toil. You've got to forget the pain. You've got to forget the trouble. Amen. Forgetting those things which are behind. I press toward the prize, the mark of a high calling. There comes a time in your life when you deal with it, when you work through it, and then you forget it. And you say, God is better to me than all the trouble these people put me through. God is better than the toil that it was in my father's house. You, you talk about trouble. <laughs> he goes from his house and he goes into slavery, goes into the prison. He keeps using his gift there. He tells the, the butler and the baker what's going to happen in their life. And, and they get amnesia and they don't even remember him. You ever had anybody get amnesia on you? Right? Oh, they, they don't, they, they remember you. They, they thank God for you as long as you're blessing them. But then they get on their own two feet and get amnesia. Don't even know who you were and that you never helped them one bit. But sooner or later, you've got to leave all of that or you will control you the rest of your life. And you've got to get a spirit of forget on you. So that you forget those things so that you will move ahead. Well, pastor, they, that person deserves, you know, that one deserves it. This situation, i got to deal with that. They, they, no, no, no. You've got to forget that. Because all it's going to do is hold you a hostage and you'll never be able to be all that God has called you to be. Tell your neighbor, you got to forget it.
He has his first son and he says, I'm going to forget the toil that was in my father's house. He has the second son and he says, let's name him Ephraim. Double fruitfulness. Double fruitfulness. First son, God has caused me to forget my trouble in my father's house. Second son, double fruitfulness. This is how Joseph thinks the process works. He says that I must forget my past so I can become fruitful in my future. I must forget my past so that I can be fruitful in my future. But look what the scripture says. So at verse 20, so he, or excuse me, Genesis 48, verse 20. So he blessed them that day, saying, by you Israel will be blessed, saying, my God makes you as Ephraim and as Manasseh, and thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. You remember this? He brings his sons in to be blessed by Israel. He lines them up according to protocol, oldest to the youngest. First son Manasseh should have received the right hand blessing, which is the greater blessing, which is the double blessing. Ephraim should have received the left hand blessing, which is the lesser, but he crossed his hands. And the Bible says that he set Ephraim before Manasseh. So when they had spoke the blessing, because he had set Ephraim before Manasseh, which switched the order of in Israel, why? Because there are too many people that are waiting to get over their pain before they become fruitful. And Joseph thought that I've got to forget the toil, I've got to get past the pain, I've got to get past, so I'll name Manasseh first. And then I'll name Ephraim double fruitfulness. But when it came time for the blessing, God would put it in his heart to cross it and say that when you know your life and that's what destiny really is sometimes we think of destiny as some place over there in an oasis that once we get through all of this trouble in life and these difficulties of life that one day I'll get to my destiny and there I'll have fruitfulness there I'll have victory there I'll have all of these things but God says that destiny is every day that you live Joseph was just as much in destiny when he was in the pit as he was when he was in the power he was living out his destiny and it was a process in which he was going through but every day his steps were being ordered by the Lord <laughs> hallelujah 
You see, the enemy wants us to believe that, that we can uh, have victory or we can be fruitful someday in our future. Our enemy says, soon as you get over your childhood, you can be fruitful. As soon as you can get over your pain, as soon as you can get over your trouble, then you can be fruitful. But God said, no, start being fruitful and then you'll forget your pain. As long as you postpone your fruitfulness, you're going to live in your pain. You'll never be fruitful. As long as you're breathing, <laughs> there's going to be problems. As long as you're living, there's going to be hurt, there's going to be pain, there's going to be difficulty. But the best way for you to forget the past is to serve other people. It's amazing what you can forget when you start helping someone else. Joseph never stopped using his gift. Joseph used his gift in the prison just like he did in the palace. He told the butler and the, he told the, the, uh, the, uh, worker, the workers there, he told them he, he used this gift of prophecy to speak into their life and that gift that he used in the prison got him out of prison. I don't have time to feel sorry for myself when I'm trying to help someone else. I don't have time to think about how hurt that I have been whenever I am blessing someone else. I don't have time to think about all the junk of my past when I am fruitful right now. The joy is greater than the pain. The purpose is greater than the process. And so I go through the process, and yes, it is difficult, and yes, it is troublesome. But when the pain is there, when it, it seems like it is overwhelming. But if I can think about the goodness of God, if I can think about His mercy that He has already shed toward me, and I show Him that love and that kindness, and I reciprocate His goodness to somebody else, suddenly I begin to forget about all that I have been through, all the difficulty, all the things that I thought should have happened that never happened, all of the things that people have done or said or thought should have been, all of that is eradicated by His goodness, His love, his presence in my life until I begin to share it with somebody else. And whenever I forget about those things and I begin to forget about all the stuff, the minutia of life, and I begin to focus on helping someone else, the momentum shifts. The momentum shifts. The shift doesn't come by might it doesn't come by power, but it comes by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. When people look at you and they see the imperfection, when they see the pain, when they see all that you've gone through, and they look and ask, how did God do that with that? <laughs> how did God do that with that? 
God is not intimidated by where you start. I'm going to say that again. God is not intimidated by where you start. He is not intimidated. Some people say, well, all I had is this, all I had is that. Well, God don't need nothing. Just for you to turn your heart toward him and in your emptiness and in your barrenness and in your lack, it is in that place that God brings the blessing because all through the Bible, some of the greatest blessings that are ever there come out of barrenness. He brings breakthrough and closed doors. And so whenever we begin to trust him, amen, he takes that last and he makes it first. When we believe him, God always takes those things on the bottom and causes them to be on the top. Amen. He took Rahab a harlot and put her in the bloodline of Jesus. Amen. He don't have to get any thing, uh, opinions of people. All we have to do is become fruitful where we are. And being fruitful where we are will cause us to forget the toil of our past. And we will glorify Father in heaven. Amen. Judges chapter 6. Verse 3, there's a man there that is very familiar. So it was whenever Israel had sown the Midianites. Who? The Midianites, right? Would come up. Also the Aklamites and the people of the east would come uh, up against them. And now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the tree which was in Oprah and belonged to Joash and his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide from the Midianites. In verse 15, and so he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Israel is in poverty because momentum is moving against them. And after Israel has sown, there comes an enemy and steals or takes their harvest or their fruitfulness. Every year this happens because the enemy don't care how much you sow. You can sow and sow and sow and, and he'll be glad that you're sowing. But he comes in the time of fruitfulness. The attack always comes at the time of harvest. The Midianites come with momentum. They bring all of the others with them. The Bible says that they were without number. And they come to destroy the increase of the land. They come to destroy the fruitfulness. They come to take away from those who have been faithful to sow, to till, to plant, and to, to, to prepare for the harvest. Now the enemy comes to take it away. And it seems to me as though that without anyone there to resist them, it seems as though there's no one there to even stop them. Why? Because they have gotten used to this repetition. They have gotten used to labor, labor, labor with no reward. They have gotten used to planting and planting and planting with no harvest. 
And I'm concerned that us here today, the church in the kingdom of God, we, we have come to this place where that we have got used to planting, working, laboring, sowing, and getting no harvest. Have we become settled and satisfied with maintaining? Have we become satisfied and settled with altars that are barren? Have we become settled and satisfied that our children and another generation are lost without God? And yes, yes, we think that that's just the way it's going to be. Our culture, if you believe in the society, you believe in what they tell us, then we understand that, that the Christian uh, faith is down 40% than more than what it was just 12 years ago. And if it continues in that decline, the next generation, there will only be 4% of Christians in America. Are we satisfied with the enemy coming and stealing our harvest? Are we content with going through religious ceremonies on Sunday and never see people come to Christ, lives really being changed and transformed? Are we being satisfied that another generation has been lulled to sleep in the lap of Delilah and do not know the goodness and the mercies of our God? You see, the enemy came up and ate everything until nothing was left for themselves to eat. And there's no, there is a man by the name of Gideon who is afraid, who is hiding, who is trying to hide his fruitfulness from the enemy. And God says, behold, I am with you, you mighty man of valor. God said, I, I know what you've been saying about yourself, but I've just come today to tell you who you really are. I've just come today to tell you that you're a mighty man of valor. And watch this, he's about to share his heart. He's about to share where this comes from. In verse 15, he says, So he said to him, O Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest, watch this, in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. He hasn't become who God has called him to be because he keeps speaking about his past. And his connections to his past has destroyed his fruitfulness now. Manasseh thought that he was going to go and get his birthright, right? He thought he was going to get the double blessing until Joseph crossed his arms. And then he gets the lesser and Ephraim receives it. And it starts a seed of negative talk and negative thought in the family of Manasseh. He has his mind set, he has his soul set that he is less than Ephraim because he does not give the double blessing. He just gets a, a blessing. But nonetheless, it was not the double blessing. He didn't get what he thought he was going to get. Have you ever not got what you thought you were going to get? 
And Manasseh, it messed with his psychic, it messed with his mind, it got inside of him until he began to believe that I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing, until he raised his family to believe that you're nobodies. He put it into his sons. He put it into his daughters. He told them all. And I don't know if it was verbal. I don't know if it was by his actions. But he caused his family to believe we're the least of the least around here. Huh? And it filled Gideon's heart until he would watch as the enemy would invade the field, invade the harvest and it seemed like to me nobody would stand up and fight it. There was no resistance. There was nothing that would hinder them from coming in and getting the harvest because they got content and they were used to it. And now Gideon is hiding behind the barn. He goes and gets a few little bit of weed and, and goes and hides in case the enemy rushes in. He hides behind the barn in his fear and in his intimidation. And he is there when the angel speaks and says, Look here, you're not a, a weakling. You're not who your daddy told you you were. You're not the generation. You're not what generational curses have been spoken over your life. You, Gideon, are a mighty man of valor. And you single-handedly can take out this enemy. I wonder how many generals we have that don't know their generals. I wonder how many Gideons that we have that don't know that there is something God has placed on the inside of them to rise up and say it's not by might nor by power but by the Spirit of the living God that moves in me that in Him I live and move and have my being. I am called of God. I'm anointed and appointed by Him. And we realize today that we have not accomplished it because we have a Manasseh spirit on us. Somebody told us we were nothing. Just, just keep your mouth shut. Keep your head down. Keep your mouth shut. Because you're a nobody. You're a nothing. Huh? You weren't raised in a line of preachers. You weren't raised this way or that way. You, you don't have the right name. And all of this kept on until the, the, you, it lasted and it was the poorest of the poor and the broke down. And, and the generation later, Gideon still dealing with this same beat down spirit. Because when God called him out, he called Manasseh up. And he said, I'm the weakest in Manasseh. There's a lot of shame in people that you don't even have anything to do with it. Decisions that were made before you ever got here. Huh? And you're doing the time for a crime you never even committed. But now you think you're the only one. You think that it's, it's that you are the weakest, you're the insignificant. You think that you're less than. And you can only do what they have done. But now you're here. And God wants you to do something greater. God wants to use you. 
to be all, to do all, and accomplish all that he has purpose for your life. But as long as you keep talking that defeat, as long as you keep believing those lies, as long as you keep living in your past, you will never fulfill your destiny and your purpose today. It's not what others say to you. It's what you say about yourself. Amen. I'm not worried about a witch. I ain't worried about the devil. I'm worried about me. I'm worried about my mind. Huh? For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The woman in the New Testament, by all means, have the right to think of herself in a negative form. She's sick. She can't get better. She has a blood issue. She's dying. And she said to herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment. Huh? Holy Spirit didn't tell her that. God didn't tell her that. The priest didn't tell her that. She said to herself, People come to church all the time and they hear the word of God and they leave saying that's good for somebody else. But, but I just don't think it'll work for me. You talk yourself out of your fruitfulness. Amen. I've had people tell me as pastor, they come to me after church and say, pastor, I, I, I hear you, I hear you, I hear all that word, I hear all of that, but, but I know it works for other people, but it just, it just won't work for me. You know, y'all pray for me. I want to be a better pastor, I really do. But I told them, I said, if the word don't work for you, I can't help you. <laughs> Amen. If the word don't work for you, there ain't nothing I can do to fix it. And you're the first one. Congratulations. I didn't tell him that, but I thought it. But you got to think of yourself in a different way. You've got to think of yourself as God sees you. You have to, you have to look at the word that God has given you and say that God is a God of miracles. God is a God that changes things. Amen. And even if granddaddy and daddy and, and, and all the family tree have, the, have this difficulty and this problem does not mean I have to have this same problem. Because God is a God of breakthrough. God is a God of the miraculous. God is a God that changes things and makes all things new. Amen. If God is with me, he said, then why has all of these things happened? They won't let me be fruitful, Gideon says. But it's not about they. It's about what you are saying, Gideon. 
It's what you have in your heart, Gideon. It's what you've led, been led to believe, Gideon. That the Midianites are the least of the least and you don't deserve it. But you've worked, you've labored, you've toiled. But now you don't think you're worthy of the harvest. You've got to get your mind changed. You've got to get in the Word of God and get your mind renewed until you have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your suke? You do it by receiving with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. When your soul is saved, your mind, your will, and your emotions, it's transformed to the likeness and the image of Christ. Can you imagine Jesus walking around saying, oh, I'm just the weakest of the weakest. Can you imagine Jesus walking around saying, I don't have nobody to help me. I wish I could do what Father God told me, but nobody wants to help me. Everybody seems to be against me. Huh? I mean, no, he could have, because <laughs> they were all against him. And he didn't have anybody standing up for him. Even his own brothers wouldn't stand up for him. Amen. But for the joy that was set before him, not behind him, but before him, he endured the cross. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many is thankful that he endured the cross? He pressed on. He pressed through the hardship. He let down every, the opinions and the expectations of people. And he held on and he clinged to what his purpose was in the earth. And he knew for the joy that was set before him that men could come to Jesus and be saved through the shedding of his own blood. That mankind would be redeemed and Father God would have his hostage generation and people back, right? And so because of that joy he pressed through everything he went through so that you and I can have an abundant life today amen God has already said he is with you God has already put a blessing on you and it doesn't matter if you can count your enemies it says they're without number, but it didn't matter because if God be for us, doesn't matter who is against us. Amen. Because it's not about them, it's about you. The moment you start having a pity party for yourself is the moment that negative momentum is going to push you back from wherever you have the courage to come from. The enemy is going to, to put, put pressure on you for you to lose energy so that you will quit pushing forward. And the moment that you lose your praise, you're going to stop, you're going to lose your momentum. The moment that you stop praying, you're going to lose your momentum. The moment you stop coming to the house of God and having fellowship with brothers and sisters of like-mindedness, you're going to lose momentum. You've got to push in on it and believe the word of the Lord over your life. 
Amen. It all has to do with where we're going. What are you satisfied with? I've told you this before, but I've never seen a depressed, energetic person. Depressed people walk around slow. Always have their head down. And always thinking about what's happened in the past. We're trying to hide in a cave from our enemy that doesn't even have the power to defeat us. But in our mind, we're the weakest in Manasseh. In our mind, we'll never be able to overcome. And the reality is we've got everything that we need to be victorious in this life and the life to come. Just because others have lived their life negatively doesn't mean that you have to repeat it. You can make a choice. You can make a decision. Amen. You must choose to get up, Gideon, and be fruitful now. Amen. Because you don't need anybody to help you. You just need to change what you're thinking in your heart. Amen. I was down to mom and dad's place the other day and, and uh, dad had this peach tree that he was tending to and he Put, planted that peach tree. He had put fertilizer around it. He did all this stuff and everything. And even though he did all that stuff, that thing never did grow peaches. It's just there. <clears throat> the other day I was down there and looking at that thing and it, the weeds all growed up around it. There was a vine done about choked it halfway out and all that mess, and look, and peaches all over that tree. And I said, now looky there. That thing didn't need fertilizer. It didn't need no help. It just produced fruit right there in the middle of that mess. Peaches coming up. And I just want to tell somebody today, you can keep cutting the weeds, keep fighting the bushes, you can keep doing all that stuff and trying to say, and I'm the weakest, or you can just become fruitful where you are. It may just be one fruit today. It may just be two fruit tomorrow, it, but just be fruitful where you are. Be fruitful where you are. Help somebody. Speak to somebody. Tell them about the love of Jesus. Amen. You know that if the American church would do just what we're called to do, we could fix America. Amen. How long has it been since you told one person 
about the goodness of God in your life. We're better at being secret agents than we are Christians. We're thankful for his goodness, but have you told anybody about his goodness? Have you told anybody lately about his grace? Islam is one of the fastest growing religions in America. You know why? Because they're telling people about it. And it sounds real good because they've never heard about Jesus yet. Amen. Be fruitful where you are. Grow where you're planted. Huh? When you begin to say about yourself what God has said about you all along, the momentum is going to shift in your life. Does that mean that I'll never have a bad day? No. But in the bad day, the momentum's still in your favor. Amen. Does it ever mean that you won't have setbacks and difficulty? No. But even in the setback and the difficulty, momentum is in your favor. God is fighting for you. I said God is fighting for you. If we believe the word of the Lord, God is fighting for you. Huh? The battle's not yours, David. It's mine. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So I don't need people to change their opinion of Brian Matthews. I just got to change my own opinion. Amen. And as I think in my heart, that's what I'm going to be. That's not new age. New age stole that. Amen. New age stole that. But the reality of it is, is God puts it in their heart. Amen. How many know he said he will give you the desires of your heart? I'm, I'm trying to quit. I really am. He said God will give you the desires of your heart. And, and a lot of people took that as, you know, desires of your heart that God, you know, I, well, I, I want a Bentley. I want a six bedroom house. I want this and I want that. No, no. If you've got the finances and the resources to do it, praise God. You know, I believe that God's people ought to be the most blessed people on the planet. And if that's within your means, God bless you. I celebrate you. Amen. I really do. But it isn't about that. It's about he will put in your heart the desires. That's the reason why whenever you come to Christ, your desires change. You don't want to go to the club anymore. <laughs> I thought I'd at least get one amen. You don't want to do the things you used to do. You don't talk the way you used to talk. Things change. Why? Because God put new desires in your heart. Have you ever noticed that, that things that used to be important to you are unimportant now? Huh? Why? Because God changed your desires. 
What was God, what did David do? David, God changed David's desire and he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. He changes those desires. It's not that we don't need the livelihood. It isn't that we don't need a house and a car. All of those things, but we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. These insignificant things will be added unto us. But he puts desires in our heart. Ask me for the nations and I will give them to you. Amen. I'll take your quietness today as listening. But we have to have the momentum, the force of God, the force of the Holy Spirit. And we'll never be able to have the momentum and the force of God, the force of the Holy Spirit, as long as we believe the negative, condemning voice of the enemy trying to tell us who we are. We have to know who God said we are. Amen. And if we're born again, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He has made us righteous. <laughs> Hallelujah. He has made us pure. He has made us holy. Amen. So now what the negative and what the religion and what, what the devil has even tried to put on me to make me think that I am not worthy. Guess what? I'm the righteousness of Christ. I'm worthy. I deserve it. I deserve the favor. I deserve the blessing. I deserve his goodness. I des I'm not a wretched worm. Forget that mess. I can't be a wretched worm in the righteousness of God both. I'm one or the other. I choose to believe that I am the righteousness of Christ, not of my own, but because that he has made me righteous. Amen. And my mind has been renewed. To believe and receive the word of the Lord. Praise God. Am I helping anybody? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. I thank you today, God, that you, you have renewed our minds. Our minds are being renewed with meekness as we receive the grafted word of God. I thank you, God, that my mind is being changed to the likeness and the image of God. That I no longer see myself as part of Manasseh and the least of the least. But I see myself as the righteousness of Christ. I see myself as a son of God. I see myself covered with your blood. I see myself as a victor and I always win and I never lose because you are inside of me and you are the victorious one. I thank you today for your faithfulness, your goodness, your grace. I pray whoever you've sent me to to release this word today, God. Somebody here is dealing with the Gideon spirit. Somebody today is dealing with feeling insignificant or attached to their past that won't release them. But today I pray that chains be broken. I pray that mindsets be shifted today in your presence. And God, that we grab onto the word of the Lord that will change and transform our thought life. 
God, I give you praise for this now in Jesus' name. Praise God. Stand with